Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF podcast. Right now, we are doing part two of the vagina monologues, and we're going to be talking about black womanhood. I have a couple of special guests with me, and we're going to be getting into it for Juneteenth because while Juneteenth is all about black joy, we're going to be focusing on black womanhood and what that means for us. So stay tuned. All right. Hi, guys. I have two very amazing guests with me here today on this beautiful black ass Juneteenth. So I'll let them introduce themselves. You want to go, Jessica? Hey, guys. My name is Jessica Nettles. Um, I'm just me for the most part. I mean, if y'all want to know what I do in my real life, like I'm a recruiter for a college, but y'all don't need to know that today. <laughs> and Rochelle? I'm returning, so... Yeah, y'all already know real shit. Was it the second time, third time? This is about the third, third time, time, yeah. Year, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The rambunctious one. Damn, I can't talk. <laughs> Alright, so, like we said, I'm, we're going to be talking about black womanhood. So, the first thing I want to kind of dive into is, like, when did you realize that womanhood for you was different? Like, when, did, when was your journey with... When did your journey with black womanhood present itself in your life? I think personally my journey with black womanhood came about in my life when I was about whenever we started getting boobs. That's when I felt like it hit me because I was such a tomboy growing up. So like um I used to hang out with my like cousins, mm-hmm. like my boy cousins. I was like real rough and tough and then when the boobs came I was like, Oh my god, I'm not like the boys anymore. Um, if you look at my adulthood today, majority of my friends are male, so I mean I still was able to keep a part of that right a part of that with me as an adult, but it was when I started getting breasts, I was like, okay, something's different. Because, like, the the conversations get different when you start getting breasts. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, um, you got to be careful how you dress. And you have oh, to be careful yes. how you, you carry yourself and how you, you know, that's, that's that was my introduction to womanhood. And then getting my period. I remember getting my period and being low-key ashamed. Yeah. Because I was like, I didn't know what to do. And I think I had my period for about three days before I was like, Mom, like, what do you do if, you know, you're bleeding? And my mom has always been very open and mm-hmm. honest. She's an Aquarius. I love her. Aquarius um, the I, best. Yes. <laughs> and I always tell people that my mom was made for me because she was so ready to take on um, 
just things when it comes down to my emotional needs. She was ready to take that on when it comes down to my developmental needs. She was ready to take that on. So I always felt like she was made for me. But like just growing up, um, she was so easy to come to. I remember when I lost my virginity, even coming to my mom and saying, okay, like I lost my virginity. And I right. was at like 19. So, um, yeah, momhood, the earliest I can remember was getting my breast and then, and then getting my period and then getting the breast. And then um, just now all, all of a sudden it's rules to right. like how you condone yourself. As opposed to when you didn't have the breast or you didn't have the period. It was like, okay, you can just, like I said, be rough and tough for the right. boys. But it sounds like your mom was like really important to your journey. Especially because for me, when I think about black womanhood, there is a difference, right? Yeah. We have different burdens than other women do and so it is important for you to have that person in your life that kind of guides you through this journey right at least initially because there are going to be things that you're going to do differently or think differently but to say that your mom was accepting and was open I feel like that probably impacted you a little more than you know of somebody who didn't have that so I don't know that's really that's really good like I I can definitely say, like, my introduction to specifically black womanhood was probably hand-in-hand with not only my self-awareness journey, but also just understanding what blackness meant. Mm -hmm. So, when I understood what black skin meant in a place like America, that's when I understood what black womanhood meant. See, I didn't realize what black skin meant until later on. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Because, I mean, (laughs) it's really young, and I'm not even going to sit up here in front and lie like I've been so awakened and aware, you know, my whole life, because that's not the case. That's not the case. It's not the case. It's probably my black womanhood and me understanding what it means is probably only 10 years old. Yeah. I'll tell, like, I'll tell you, like, a story, like, of how my, like, racial identity developed, basically. So, basically, I feel like that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's, like, our racial identity development. Whenever my racial identity development solidified, that didn't solidify until I was about 25, 26, 27 years old. That's when it solidified for me. But growing up, High, through high school and you know me in high school like I was considered an Oreo like a lot of people were like why does she talk the way that she talks mm-hmm. why does she dress the way that she dressed because they were stupid um, yeah of course <laughs> but it was one of those things where like that um caused me to not connect with black people the way that I would have liked to right. initially because it was always oh you're not like one of us you know so you're not going to be accepted by one of us um and with that that's why I chose a PWI like at like whenever people talk to me about why did I chose to choose the University of South Carolina as my school is because I felt like I didn't identify with the black community that I went to high school with right. unfortunately um and so when I got to USC and I realized the black community really ain't um the black community that I want to be a part of because I just read a quote by Angela Davis today it was like you know I don't want to unify with all with every black, <laughs> every black she said for, it honey. it ain't for me to unify with and I feel that 100% but um when I went to USC a lot of my friends went to Claflin University which was a historically black college and university the black people and the black culture there was different and I 100% feel like my racial identity development came about because of those interactions with with my friends at the HBCU um but yeah I'm with you like that like being black and being a woman like that didn't correlate with me until like I said later later on in Mm -hmm. life like because I didn't um and now that I'm older I'm like it's real stupid that people categorize you as an Oreo or make you feel different because you like being out in nature right like but now as an adult I'm like who cares and when I was young my mom again she was very good at fostering that relationship and saying who cares what they think right. like 
they're miserable, Jessica. You don't have to listen to them. You don't have to do what they are doing, or you don't have to listen to what they're saying. Right. Rochelle, you have anything to add? Um, mine, I would say, like, recently, uh, probably in the last two years or so, maybe. Okay. Just, like, concentrate on, on me not having to worry about the relationship aspect, because at that time, like, my relationship with my baby father had, like... Right. So, it gave me like a chance to like really focus on myself like i've always been the type to be in long-term relationships mm-hmm. and always like take care of other people and yeah. always like kind of being the masculine shit that's black womanhood right there yeah, like Girl. being the masculine woman always had to take the lead so like i've just really i've been having to take the lead as far as like being the head of household but as far as like taking care of myself and not having to worry about anybody else besides yeah. being my child has been like a breath of fresh air too on top right. of that. So I've been able to really like study myself, my likes, my dislikes, what you know, my body, like stuff like that, my skin, all of that stuff. I've been able to really like concentrate on myself. Study black womanhood, black empowerment. So Okay. So my next question is what has been your life experience so far as a black woman as far as, you know, not even just your awakening, but when you kind of think back on your specific experience in the way that that might differ from other journeys of womanhood how has that experience been so far for me personally i feel like being a black woman has had its ups and downs i can genuinely say that being a black woman has had its ups and downs just because whenever i graduated college i graduated from the university of south carolina with a bachelor's in broadcast journalism so like i was supposed to be on tv that was my whole dream but this hair this hair wasn't acceptable for tv right um and as a black woman me telling people that struggle like i had other black women come to me and say oh no that's not why you didn't get the job like right. that's not and i'm like look at the people that's on but you know what cameras. i remember and i don't know if you remember this but in in high school, I used to think your hair was the shit. I used to think your hair was so goddamn beautiful in its natural state. But you used to straighten your hair so much. And for me, being young, us being young, I didn't know what that was at that point. But I knew I was just like, no, she's special. Like, it's it's beautiful. I want her to wear it. And I used to tell you that all the time. You used to show us pictures of how, you know, it was before you straightened it. And... For you to then have that same kind of, you know what I'm saying, your hair. In in college, what happened was, like, I was, that's when I reverted to the curly hair. Because I didn't know how to straighten it. Like, I straightened my hair for the first time and I burnt it out. Right. So, I was like, either you sit here and you look at this damaged hair or you wear it curly and you try to revitalize it and try to restore it. Right. So, that's what happened in college. Like, you know, I tried to keep the straight thing up and then it came to a point where, like, I don't know how to do my hair. The only thing I know how to do is wash it and take care of it. Right. That's it. That's all I know. Um, and so if people from my college would even tell me that like we see like when you transition it was like sophomore year I was like okay I'm doing the curly thing that's right. it um, but I didn't realize throughout college that I, whenever I graduated with this degree I didn't realize that that was going to be something that would hold me back a little bit right so as a black woman you feel like just being your natural self kind of has been holding you back from some of the dreams you had for yourself as a younger 
woman, younger girl. Most definitely. I don't feel like it's held me back because I've been able to kind of recreate it. Like, I still feel like I'm going to have my own TV show. I still right. feel like um, I'm going to have a voice. I feel like I'm going to be able to travel, speak, and heal. I always say that in my affirmations and in my meditations yeah. when I, when I um, wake up in the morning. But at the same time, I'm glad... God took me through what he took me through because now I, I know um, that there's deeper meaning to it and that I got to mm-hmm. use my what I went through to help someone else. Um, and it's going to help me tell other people's stories better. I, def- I genuinely feel that way. Um, but going through that made me, like, lowered my self-esteem so much to the point where I went into a depression. Like, I was right. depressed at one point. Like, that's why I was telling you earlier, like, I've had my trouble with the law. Like, I was so uh, depressed to the point where it's like, I don't want to be a black woman anymore because I can't freaking get a job on TV. Right. Like, um, I, like if I try to do something, or if I try to be myself, it's going to be kind of shut down. Like, and it came to a point, like, you after you break, I feel like after you heal from depression, like you break out of that, and you're like, I don't, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. And so that's where I'm at now. It's like I don't really give a fuck. Like you accept it see or not, me. yeah, you're mm-hmm. gonna see me. You're not gonna see me. You're gonna fuck with me. You're not gonna fuck with me. Period. It is what it is. But when I went through that depression, it was one of those. It was a struggle right. to be a black woman because it was like people. I'm a black woman. I got other black women telling me that that's not the reason that I'm not getting the job. And yeah. that's generally why I felt that way because other black women weren't getting the job, but they had wigs, they had short hair. So it was one of those things where it's like, gosh, like I'm sitting in this depression. No one feels how I feel. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of built up to a point where I was like drinking, going out. I had this job that I hated. It was just all bad, all bad. But um, I appreciate the experience because it taught me so much about right. being a black woman. It taught me that, you know, I'm a resilient I'm a resilient black woman. It taught me that I'm a capable black woman, that I'm a powerful black woman, because I was able to overcome that. Right. Um, and I feel like a lot of people probably would have crumbled under those circumstances, but I kind of took those. And I feel like it's a lot. it has a lot to do with the fact that that strong black woman, that that, that type, mm-hmm. yeah, like you you take that on. Even my mom, whenever I got in trouble with the law, she was like, okay, you got in trouble with us. She's like, so what? And I'm like, most parents, you're like, yeah. oh my God, like, <laughs> you just got a fucking DUI, girl. Like, right. what's going on? My mom was like, girl, you got in trouble. With, I mean, what you gonna do next? What, what's the next thing? What you gonna do? Right. And so I, having that support and just having, like, I always tell people, I always had that room to be who I wanted to be. Right. Um, you just had to figure it out. Yeah, and I, yeah. I thank God for the support of people around me for that. Yeah, I think the important thing that I tell people in any kind of journey, but especially this specific one, is either you gonna either you're gonna let the world press you down, mm-hmm. or you're gonna decide for yourself that you're gonna press on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, yes, we have so many obstacles against us, but I'm gonna always fight for my life, mm-hmm. my right to live. Not to just exist. Because there's a difference. Some people just, you know, they decide that, okay, things are hard. And I'm not trying to put anybody's, you know, situation, you know, just dismiss it or anything like that. But I do feel like there comes a point in a lot of people's lives where you have to decide that you're going to fight for what you want. You have to decide that you're going to fight for yourself and that what you want and how you want to exist in this world is important enough for you to just to say, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? If I'm not accepted, fuck it. If you don't like me, I don't give a shit, you know? And as a black woman, we have to do a lot of that. All the time. Like, <laughs> we have like, to. It's a consistent thing that you got to yeah. say, fuck it. Like, because... 
if, if it's not dealing with men and how they expect you to do it, you're dealing with the boss and how they expect yeah. you to be. Like, I had a boss one time that told me that I didn't need to wear my hair and my twist. And this is coming from another black woman. Right. Like, what do you mean I don't need to wear my hair and twist? Like, this is my natural hair. Like, right. and you're supposed to be so black par, but you're, you've been brainwashed by these white people just as much as To think else. that things are centered around respectability politics politics or how I should present myself in a way that is more palatable for you I I don't want to of course we all conform on some level like if you live in a society you do it it's natural it's innate but when I'm conscious Mm -hmm. is when I can choose and I choose to show up as myself Mm -hmm. whether you accept that self or not is your problem not mine Mm -hmm. because I'm just doing what's natural for me authenticity you always want to show up as your authentic self so that you can have those people that really are meant to be around you gravitating towards you and so like I thank God for going through everything I've been through because it it push me like I said as a black woman into that authenticity like I can be radical like right right, I just recently discovered because I just started grad school that like I'm a black feminist like that's a part of my my identity now that's a part of my racial identity development like I can say I can sit here and say that I am a black feminist because I'm gonna sit here and fight for women's rights until the day that I die um but it took me going through so many things and seeing so many things develop as a black woman it's like gosh I gotta fight if I don't fight for black women then who gonna fight for black women (laughs) Rochelle (laughs) the question was uh, when did black womanhood present itself in in your life or how has it presented itself in your life Um, being overlooked for positions like she said um, y'all knew that at that time after college like Mm-hmm. I tried every job. I, I did too, did girl. <laughs> and I had the qualifications. I had the qualifications. Mm-hmm. I had the work history. I had experience. I had the resume. I even took computer certification classes. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I still wasn't enough. Mm. Then being natural on top of that, I had that thing too where, you remember where I posted when I had a job interview? Yeah. I was like, should I wear my natural hair or should I wear a wig? And we shouldn't have to choose if we want to wear our natural our well they have the law out now but i'm just like okay it's, but are you going to enforce it who's enforcing it it's just like each state can pick you know if they want to abide by it or not right. at this point we should not law should not have to be passed for us to just be ourselves at this point like exactly this is how my hair grows out of my scalp right so yeah, y'all made relaxers, but I don't want to use that. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Right. I should be having no force. And that's why I feel that. like this whole system is messed up. Yeah. No, like, you ain't no feeling. It is. Like, <laughs> I, I always tell people, I'm like, this how, like, and, and you may see me preach about this on Twitter all the time. I'm like, y'all can't be sitting here stuck in tradition and stuck in yeah. what society say you should be and what you should do. Society don't know for what they need to be and what they need to yeah. do. But even with my family, too, like, stuck in tradition, it's like, I used to voice to my mom about how frustrated I was for not getting chosen when I knew I had the qualifications. Yeah. The interview would, went great, you know what I'm saying? Like, But yet, I'm getting a rejection letter. Well, mm-hmm. maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. Maybe you got because you got a nose piercing. Maybe because you got too many areas in your ear. Again, why should I have to apologize for being myself? Right. Or why should I have to alter who I am? And who I am. For someone else. Exactly. I'm not... Well, I'm not the qualifications right. for the job. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like a, a job where I'm in front of TV or whatever. I'm literally trying to sit behind a desk. I literally have the capability to speak to people. Right. I, I, you know, I'm people-friendly, customer service. Whatever the job may be, I can pick up on it because right. I'm that type of person. Mm-hmm. 
But if you don't give me the chance to walk into your door, how can I show myself? You'll never see me develop. You'll never inspire that development. And And it's like, it's a setback because an interview is only like five questions. Mm -hmm. Well, if you already have this preconceived notion of me before I walk into the door, how can I convince you in five questions that I am the person for you? That's biased. You have to be twice as good. Exactly. You have to be. So, you <laughs> should not put you on anxiety on 10, but it does. And it's crazy how they have those, what they say, that they make you sign the thing, like, equal opportunity. Yes. I'm like, mm-hmm. this ain't no Before, equal exactly. opportunity. Like, you already know what you're going to so do. So, you already let me know that it's going to be some, right. some bull. So, now, like, I got to overexert myself. I got to, like, not be too aggressive, too affirmative, but also, you know what I'm saying, show my stance and what I believe that I can offer right. this company mm-hmm. without being the affirmative black woman that right. wants to come in and just wreck up everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to find it. We shouldn't have to find a balance, but we have to. Always. And I think uh, it's, it's so many things that work against black women. One thing I do know is what I've said often is black privilege is also a part of the black community we don't want to admit it Mm -hmm. that we have privileges against other black people but it's there Mm -hmm. and it's even true with our journey as black women i know that i've been in some spaces because i have the right body type but when we're talking about even things like jobs whether we're talking about relationships you have a certain privilege and so i know that it's some doors that i got in not only because i was twice as good mm-hmm. because i was the right fit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. oh okay i guess we can give it to the non-threatening tolerable skinny girl you know what i'm saying <laughs> because okay she seems and her tone isn't that you know um my voice isn't that i don't know what's the word for it but you know it's like when it comes to so so many different levels of what we have to deal with as black women. And I think a lot of people overlook it because we stop right at what black people have to go through, right? We say black people a lot. And I think the default for when we talk about the black community or black people is black men. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of left out of the conversation. And then when you dig into that, mm-hmm. then you have all these other sections of it, right? You have the the LGBT community plus, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still learning how to do, I'm dyslexic, y'all, y'all going <laughs> to LGBTQ. There you go. Plus community. Plus. <laughs> you have, you know, those subsectors that have to deal with their own issues. So it's just like when we say, when we really say that nobody is free until black women are, we mean that shit because we are so disregarded and so overlooked to the point where sometimes you even question if you're really struggling with something. We're so disrespected to the point where people don't even see the blatant disrespect because right. it's like an everyday thing. It's just it's normal. It's, just it's normalized, but that's the same thing with racism. And so the, when we talk about these struggles that we deal with, it really is a conversation for people to come with open minds to actually have a fully developed conversation. Otherwise, I don't really have an interest in talking with someone who is not, you know, prepared to see my side of it and prepared to tell me theirs. Mm-hmm. I think people are just afraid to have that conversation because it's so layered. And it's okay that it is layered right. the way that it is. And I feel like a lot of that, when you start bringing up the patriarchy of things, like people don't understand the language behind certain things. So when mm-hmm. you say patriarchy, they're like, what is that? What is what is that? Um, misogyny, what is that? Um, so a lot of times what I feel like the black community needs to do is that they need to sit down and really 
figure out what it is that they want from their experience as a human and, and, and follow me on this because you basically have been brought to this country where mm-hmm. you um, have these people who tell you what to believe, how to live. You adopted and, it, right. Yeah, you're adopting a culture. You've normalized you've it. You've normalized yeah. this thing. You've seen these white men um, beat, on their, beat on these women. So now... You as a black man think it's okay to beat on your wife. But it's, I don't. It's not just that for our black men, and this is one thing I can understand, not not support, mm-hmm. but I can't understand because they face an extreme amount of oppression. The only dominance they have in their life is over women. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And that is patriarchy, right? Yeah. But it's also a problem because then you have black women who who go out in the world, who are existing in this world, who face the same amount of racism enacted on them on top of the fact that we have to take that from our men too. Yeah. So it's a conversation we have to have. I don't care. I tell people all the time, you're not going to be fucking comfortable you know, in this world. World. You're definitely not going to be fucking comfortable around me because I'm going to challenge you. I challenge you myself. If you're comfortable, then you're not growing. You're right? not. So, and like, you have to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I think when we talk about privilege, when we talk about people having a certain amount of power or influence, it, it's like, I've said it before too. It's like you're telling a white person, hey, you still got privilege. But they're poor. Yeah. yeah. And they don't see it. They're like, ain't no way. Right. There's no way I have privilege. But that's how it is when you talk to people in our community mm-hmm. who are upholding, you know, systems of oppression against other people, including black women. And so we have to understand that, like, all these things can coexist. They're simultaneous. Mm-hmm. You cannot, you know, be fighting so hard for one and, and completely dismiss the other. Because... Mm-hmm. Because then we're never going to get anywhere. Right. Like when people be on social media, this is not the time. This is not the time. Like, this is the perfect we're, time. We're, this, this is, is the not the time. time. We're, all, we're, we're, we're tackling one issue. Why as people lately, the only thing that we can multitask with is our fucking cell phone. Like, you can't multitask your black plan for the president. You can't multitask the injustices of all, of all the layers of being black. Right. We have to only talk about police brutality. Well... Why was police brutality a thing? Well, what what brought that on? Well, right. it just it's all about. Like, I feel like everything is a layer. Like, yeah, you can't it's just layered. One thing. Like you always have to go deeper. And I think a lot of times people are just afraid to go deeper. They love to stay on the surface because the surface is comfortable. Because the they're afraid that we easy. won't get anything. Yeah, and it's like you kind of gotta but push again, those boundaries. Why are we Why are we okay with being spoon fed bullshit? Because that's all we're being. And that's why I feel that it is. I feel like enough it's, for us to shut the fuck up enough for two hundred years. No, until, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but that's what they're trying to give us. This whole. Let me support you, but not really support you behind the scenes. Oh, we're yeah. Our That's what I was like. I'm sorry. The president. I know we. I know we veering off, but I, I've said that. I was like, listen, I'm not for no fucking quote unquote allyship until I really see how you behave when systemic changes, changes start really happen. start to happen. Yeah. Are because you, are right you now, some of your board members with black right. right? Are you going to keep them there? Exactly. Is that going to be a, a legacy that you're going to follow? Exactly. I don't care about no fucking black square. If nope. the next day you're not really changing anything behind the scenes look at starbucks and so when we talk about things like that it's the same like the things that are happening on the the grand scale of how we're looking at this movement right now the same things are happening within our community and i can say that i almost fell victim of it to my own mind with thinking like i I saw billy porter Mm -hmm. he shared that video i don't know if y'all are familiar with it yeah 
And I started to be like, oh man, this ain't the time for that. Yeah. And I stopped myself, bitch. I was like, don't yeah. you? Is something here? Yeah. Something here? Are you really for you to to call people out on not being there for black women? To call people out for colorism? Are you really about to tell this person that they can't sit here and express themselves? Everyone experiences their blackness different. different. They do. Everyone, like no one experiences. But what their we're blackness fighting for, we're fighting for. But if uh, we okay to be black in whatever whatever form, right? It may be. And that's the thing. If this needs to happen the way it's happening it needs to happen simultaneously we can fight for the black community against racism and also correct ourselves so when we're talking about some of these things it's like okay well if we're saying we're fighting for the black community what is the black community made of exactly and that's my thing like what is it consisted of like these traditions that we have taken on like why aren't we questioning a lot of these traditions that we have taken on why aren't we questioning a lot of these yep. systems that we have so for so long been a part of? Like, I'm always saying that, right. like, uh, everyone's like, oh, marriage is this sacred unity. But, like, why aren't you questioning the validity of that? Because a lot of people love to bring up the Bible, but a lot of people don't really honor the woman the way the, the, Bible, the Bible really honors the woman. Yeah. Like, that whole verse that says the woman is clothed in dignity, I've had that spoon fed to me a million times as like the, a woman is supposed to be modest a woman is supposed to un- be humble to her husband and the whole <laughs> point of the word dignity is that the woman's supposed to have self-respect for herself right. so that's like whatever i feel is self- if walking out of my house naked means that i feel that i'm self-respected that. then i'm self-respected period yeah that's just how it is but people i feel like a lot of times people don't get silent people don't get still with themselves and say what do i want what do i believe in they take on those well that's another that's another thing too and it's, an, it's another episode that i'm definitely working on right now about self-awareness and why i think that black activism or any kind of activism goes hand in hand with self-awareness right you have to know self to be able to even express self to be able to even really stand up for self mm-hmm. so self-awareness or understand others really mm-hmm. that's why i'm trying to get to is it's like you have to sit with yourself reflect think on your thoughts if you're going to grow mm-hmm. if you're going to learn and to come to that self-actualization right. that you're you talking have about to. like you have to if you don't sit with and a lot of times people you always see people with people like a lot of times you won't see me with a lot of people you'll see me alone for the most part just because i know i can get my that's how i recharge that's how i restore like oh, i'm yeah. very extroverted like i like to buy like to turn up but like i gotta get to myself just to yeah. restore and recharge restore your energy for, right. for, the, for the event of which you have to right. exactly but with that also comes my heightened self-awareness because yeah. I've been sitting with myself for so long mm-hmm. like I've been like I'm not afraid to be alone or like I said since high school like I've been like kind of like the outcast yeah. so like even when I went to college the outcast mm-hmm. so like when you have when you are put in these situations where and I feel like black women are put in these corners all the time where yeah. they're forced to be the loner in the situation. Not like, even the loner, but you're you're forced to choose. Either you gonna be the loud, yeah. ratchet girl or either you gonna be the quiet, good girl. It's like... Uh, can I just be? Can I just exist? Can I just like, either one of these? I tell both of these. Yeah. Like, at what point did we make womanhood about being clicky? Like, yeah. It's all about- well, that that has a, di- a whole different layer, right? So when it comes to acceptance, right? Black women, because they're not accepted themselves, because we're not accepted ourselves, we try to gravitate towards people we can understand better or people we can outshine, Yeah, right? That competition comes into play because 
if we're not being seen, we don't feel like we're being we're seen. Being seen. Yeah. Then the guy who's trying to see something, we're going to try to make ourselves seen to that yeah. person. Yeah. Our whole existence is is our so. The way that the society I sets see. it up. It's based on validity. It's based on appealing to a man. Oh, man. Appealing to the patriarchy, right? Following the rules. Being modest. Being meek. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm like, I can't do it. I just always say that. Like, I remember being... I don't know if it was 1920. I remember my first heartbreak and being like, I don't give a, I don't care if I'm never what a, a nigga want. I don't ever want to be like, I don't, it's like, I came to this conclusion. Like I want to be the most, I want to be that bitch that niggas do not want to fuck with just because I go against the grain so yeah. hard. Right. Like, and for some reason that has not worked. That has just attracted more niggas. <laughs> Cause, Cause like, the more unattainable you become, the more people want yeah, okay. to, it's the mystery aspect of it. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God. I have, you, it's the trophyism too. Yeah, they're for definitely. For but then when you get in, you really get deep into it. You realize you ain't ready for it. Yeah, right. Like, oh, child. <laughs> we gonna get there. Let me let me bring it back. We gonna bring it back. So, listen, I'm gonna bring it back because that's the next segment. On this segment, we gonna close it out. How have you guys been feeling about Black womanhood within the last few weeks with everything going on? Awesome. Awesome. Showing up. We're showing up and showing yeah. out. I've been feeling empow- empowered, but I just wish our black men would stand up for us just uh, a little like, bit more. So, like, like, they know a little bit. bit. A lot more. <laughs> like, a lot I'm more. With people, when they say, like, black women should not be on the front line. We should have been Think about history and all of the marches and everything that you Black see. women are always there. Black women are always there, but who are always in the front holding hands? It's mostly men, even with Malcolm X. Oh, that, well, so, don't let me get the line, but, you know, I was watching uh, the Black Panther documentary. Me too, girl. I watched so many documentaries, so a lot of the facts I get, I don't really know where I get them from, but just follow me. (laughs) So, black women um, have always been there, right? When you think about these movements, when you think about these groups, black women populated it more than men. That's just across the board. For example, the protest we had here a couple of weeks ago was majority black women out there, not black men. And so that translates and that is a, a bigger statement for what we're actually going to through on the day to day basis. And black women no, we're not supposed to be there on the front line, but we know that somebody has to be. So we're there. We show up because, yes, that has a lot to do with how women are conditioned in general. And I just I just read a book. Um, that's why I said like this, this whole like me identifying as a feminist has been so expansive for me. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like I have so much room to explore, like all these different avenues. But like basically women are conditioned to um uphold the emotions of men right like we are conditioned to um say if a man doesn't communicate we'll try to pull it out of him so he will communicate oh, girl. and it's just like <laughs> why am i doing all of this i, don't have I, ain't, about, no I ain't about to do all this but as women yeah. you're conditioned that i remember even talking to my grandma one time and she was like you you know you have to respect a man you gotta respect your husband i'm just like do i really is he gonna you know respect me is he gonna respect me exactly me like I feel like the black sheep of my family sometimes. So I'm such a rebel in that aspect. Listen, girl, I, I'm definitely am. I, I mean, I know, I know with I, am. I know with my my recent breakup, and I was telling Kira the story not too long ago. My mom 
you know, the breakup was so bad that I actually, because I'm, I'm more the dominant one, the protector in my family. So it's very rare that I emotionally lay stuff on them. Aquarius. <laughs> but um, I, um, I got to a point where I, I was crying so bad one day. It was like a few days after we had broken up and I called her. And um, I couldn't really get words out. The only thing I could say was, oh, you know, he was working so much and he couldn't come see me and, you know, wasn't working. And she was like, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. You don't think that you could have been a little bit more understanding? And my tears dried the hell out. <laughs> That's what happened for me, too. Because so it's it was like just compromise. Like, it's the compromise aspect that a right. lot of men aren't conditioned to compromise. Right. And, I, and in that moment, you know, even though it wasn't easy days after, but in that moment, I understood what it mean to, meant to be a different kind of woman, right? And fighting for the kind of love that I knew I deserved. And I knew that was owed to me, my mom, my sisters, and all the other women that had been done a certain way by men who just expected to have the things that they had always been told that they deserved. Yeah, you're healing generations whenever you start yeah. making different choices and whenever you start changing your mindset about certain things. Like I said, society conditions us to believe one believe one thing, but when we actually take and be and be courageous in our steps and in our thought process and our choices that we make, we can we change the narrative. And we right. can definitely, and we're, I feel like as women now, we're definitely pushing to change that narrative. So I'm going to read a little bit off of, I posted these questions on the social media, and I'm going to read a little bit off of them, and y'all can agree or not agree okay. with them. So the first one is, everybody wants something from me, but never they never stop to think about what I might need in that moment. What more do you want from me? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Pisces, <laughs> so I feel like I'm always <laughs> giving. Yeah. The next mm-hmm. one was... Uh, Oh, this you, Shell. Um, I hate that black women are warriors and survivors, uh, survivor stigma. So much like we don't feel pain. And we shouldn't have to go through traumas for people to award us to be the strongest black woman alive. I'm sick of it. Like with Lauren London and Nipsey. Before his death, she was pretty much just Nunu from ATL with a pretty face. And who people often critique because she would struggle with her weight. But now that she's lost her quote-unquote soulmate, she's quote-unquote so strong. How about she's been strong? And she's just showing up and showing out because she has to, to step up for her kids. And let me read a few more if I can find them. Jesus. Um, the other one was like, I agree. I see a lot of black women pouring into the well-being of others and they often have no one who does that for them or very few people that pour into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. Like, that's one reason why I take self-care so serious now. Yeah. Um, and people are like, and like you, we were talking about earlier, you don't have your... Girl, at 7 p.m., my phone goes into Do Not Disturb every day. All my messages in my phone are silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, my... Outlook email for my job. I don't get no notifications because See, like, my I'm, job look different. I know, I know, I'm, and I, I thank God for that <laughs> that flexibility with my job. But I'm like, listen, I don't like being bothered, and I stress right. that a lot. I do not like being I don't. bothered. I really don't. I don't. I like being able to be free to do whatever it is that. And I And then I choose do. the grace you my presence. I want to clock out. Yeah, work. you have to, and you and, have and to. that's another thing. You this, have to take care this, of yourself. This work life balance. For women, for black women, it's so different. For women in general, it's so different. And I think, you know, men can often 
you know, have that balance. They can have that cut off, that that stopping point. For women, it's constant work. If you're not at work, then you're home and you're working, right? Especially if you have kids. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky right now. I don't want to say lucky. <laughs> I'm in a position right now where I don't have any children, right? I live alone and I can choose pretty much what I want to do with my day, but I have to account for even sexism and being a woman is showing up in my job mm-hmm. because the things that I take care of are not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. However, because I have that, oh, you know, naturing, mothering, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's become my responsibility that people, you know, expect me to perform certain things and to take care of certain I feel things. like even if you aren't a mother, you're still a caretaker in some aspect. Like, I'm, it's very, natural, yeah. I'm very big on being of service to people in my yeah. family. So, like, I yeah. have old, older people in my family. I always say, like, my, my aunt, she always cooks for me. She's 74 years old. But I, like, make sure she has everything. I'm like, if you need something, you got it, girl. Because you make sure yes. I'm straight. And I'm like that with my grandma or with anybody in my family, basically. So, even if you don't have kids, you still have to show up in ways as the right. caretaker um you also have to show up in these ways if you if you do have a partner if you do have a spouse or someone that you're catering to mm-hmm. they're gonna still expect you to show up and it's just sometimes it's a little bit draining like if you don't a take that bit. it's a lot draining girl <laughs> if you don't take that time if you don't take that time to yourself to just breathe yes. and if you don't take that time to just do something that you enjoy you're gonna get swallowed up in it right you're gonna get swallowed i up. think you know one of the things i did mention you know when it was just us and we weren't on air was you know how my you know masculine energy is is overdeveloped as opposed to my feminine energy being underdeveloped because I've never had a safe space for that feminine energy but when I do express that feminine energy it is to do the caretaking it is Mm -hmm. to to do the giving Mm -hmm. and so when when it comes down to it whether I'm you know being a protector being a provider in some sense of the word which is usually the case and then I'm also adding on top of that being the caregiver being the person that's doing the emotional labor when you add all that stuff up it, it drains you yeah that's why i've had to flip some roles yeah talk about that. yeah <laughs> i had to flip some roles like, <laughs> i don't know that i want to be doing all of this right i don't know <laughs> I, I, I think i want to make enough money so that I, I can pay people to do this and not only that like when it comes down to like my relationship with men think i want to be the one that's doing all the catering i think i want to flip it so that you're coming to me and you're giving me what i want and what i'm I happy need. with the good i i love to give you know that's a part i feel like a part of my personality that, that is not necessarily tied to um whatever indoctrinated beliefs that we had from mm-hmm. patriarchy right i really have sat with myself i'm like why do you get joy from doing this and it's a genuine joy so it's just I would be fine if things were more equal, but I feel like a lot of times, and now we're getting to the relationships because that's the next question, Mm -hmm. is um, with a lot of connections we have with people, specifically men, they come to the table expecting to get and not expecting to give. And that's the problem that I have. Don't come to me and you're underdeveloped. Don't come to me and you need help or you need to grow or you need to heal 
and you think that I'm going to provide that, that emotional labor for you. Because half the time I'm doing that shit for myself. For myself. That's a big And thing. I don't have the energy to, to continuously. Now, I, I'm not saying that everybody's going to present themselves perfect. I've said that before. I will continue to say that. Because I feel like that's something that people use as a disclaimer to not hear what you're actually saying. What I am saying is you have to come prepared to both give and to get. Yeah. But see, I feel like people... People always say, like, I always hear people say, oh, my God, I'm so religious and I believe in God. But, the like, if you what really... What are going to do with Exactly. <laughs> but, see, they'll bring that up for everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if you really, really got into your word, and, like, I guess, because I'm such a spiritual person now, like, I'm spiritual to the point where I take the word for it in a grain of salt. Like, it is right. what it is type of thing. Mm-hmm. But it the word, to me, is just empowering. Like, I don't look at it as, like, a rule book. It's just, like, positive words for me. It's a God but, book. Yeah, it's a God book. But, like, whenever you look into the word, it says equally yoked so if that means that we need to be equally yoked that means that when i come to the table i'm on this level you're on this level that doesn't mean that i'm on this level i gotta bring you up to this level you see what i'm saying and i think a lot of women like we get into we have been conditioned to take on these roles of like taking people on as projects yeah and i'm just like no i'm at this level you if you don't come at this level we can't deal like we can't even right. have a communication we can't even have a conversation because it's gonna drain me right. and that's how that's and then that's how i feel like women have to start being like we're just not equal like and and we are yeah. i think women are i think that's we have two extremes when it comes to black womanhood in our community right now we mm-hmm. have the ones that are still conditioned to kind of take men as they are stick mm-hmm. with men do the struggle love kind of thing stay down till you come up stay girl. down while he beat you down while he disrespect you while he cheat while he while he fuck up your credit your finances while he do whatever the fuck he want to do because he mm-hmm. need time to become a man and mm-hmm. get it together we got that side of it and then we got the side of it that's like fuck no I'm not doing that shit like what about me what about my time to become <laughs> as a woman that's, that's how me. I feel like, like what is what about my time but honestly it's like we cannot win because whether you're this woman or you're that woman you still get judged yeah. you do you, still you get, get judged. judged and you get judged harshly because it's like oh she knew what she had she was going on before before she met judge. him or if if you don't decide to deal with all the 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 you shit just, you need to soften yourself then you are gold digger you too assertive you too dominant you're too, you're you're you too to soften, independent you need to soften yourself you need to soften yourself you need to submit more you need to be more I when i feel like it. give me something to submit to that part that's my thing i'm i, I want a leader like i was like i was I'm, alpha I'm really, male. Yeah, I, that's because an alpha woman will submit to alpha male. Like, right. I, I said that in the presence of an alpha male. I, I it gotta be some type of balance. Like, oh my god, I don't know what to say. Like, I just say some more because it sounds intriguing. I like, said I'm that, but I think I think even that is more complex when yeah. I think about it. now that I understand like the fact that my own masculine and feminine energy in myself is is a little bit it needs some work. When I think about my connections with other people, whether it be men or females. I'm trying to be more graceful when I come into these connections because I'm realizing that, hey, you know, you don't have to be more dominant than me because I'm going to be dominant regardless. It's, it's just what it is. Yeah. What you do have to be is compatible. Yeah. And see, it's my belief that, like, we, 
we are partner with the opposite sex because we're trying to develop those parts within one another. Right. So if I come into your life, like I'm a, I'm, I really feel, believe in astrology, but like I'm this feminine sign, like Pisces is a feminine sign. So if I'm coming into a man's life, then I'm coming into his life because I feel like I need to help him, not necessarily help him, but I need to be a mirror for him so he can develop those feminine, feminine qualities. qualities. But it's the best. You got to be willing to develop those feminine qualities. Just like I got to, you got to come into my life right. and, and help me and show me, give me the mirror for what it is to be those masculine qualities right, yeah. but it's a it's not me developing you and you not it's a reciprocal thing i feel right. like it's like you're pouring into me and i'm pouring into you you're learning from me and i'm learning from you it's not a one-way street but women are conditioned that it is a one-way street you do all this emotional development you take care of you take care of home you do this you you keep all of this together you don't complain about you it. don't complain <laughs> about it you get shit done and it's like the man's just sitting there like, oh, I made the money. And now these niggas don't even got money. Girl, what you say? Who said that? Like, Shit. At least back in the day, niggas had a little bit of bread. Like, if you had three homes, you at least had some bread to take care of three homes. Shit, now these niggas ain't got bread to take care of. They, they, want, they want to go half and half. Yeah. And not even that. I've, I've never heard of that. I've been, I've been in situations, and I see, still see it in the dating scene right now, where it's like literally teaching, teaching men how to have financial literacy, yeah. which I had to learn on my own. So I'm oh just like, own. and that's another thing. I'm like, you have to come with a thirst to be better yeah. because I can't provide that thirst for you. What I can't provide is the water, but I can provide. I can't provide the thirst yeah. for you to be fucking better. I can tell better. you where I'm at, but I cannot make you right. Drink. I can't make like, you drink. I, like, I've been even, but lately I've even been questioning myself. Like, am I wrong because I feel like no one helped me through it? So why do I gotta help you through? I'm it? willing to help, but you have to be willing to accept you that. Help. You have to be willing to know you need the help yeah. too, because a lot of times with people, when you have a situation where something is unequal and the other person has a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more resources, a little bit more insight, that person may not even think it's a problem and if you can't first admit it's a problem it's the same thing with racism if you Mm -hmm. can't first admit it's a problem we're never going to get to the solution we're never going to get to but see that's the whole that i feel like that's the whole well it is the whole concept behind connections and disconnections and and this is what this book that i just recently read about feminist therapy talks about to build a connection you have to open a portal to understanding disconnections are because the portal is closed to understanding so the reason why we can't connect is because you're not open to understanding not even understanding but it's like a deep listening mm-hmm. people don't listen they, people yeah. don't listen they listen to respond they listen to respond or they listen to dismiss or they listen just enough to appease yeah. but you're not really listening to me and leading to the understanding mm-hmm. like you said so we talked about relationships with, with black men <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna take it a step further how have your uh connections and relationships been with black women in your life I feel like my connections with black women could have been better. I feel like it could have been so much better. In what way? Um, in friendships, I feel like it could have been better. Because I feel like in my friendships, I've always been the the loud one. I've, not necessarily the loud one, but I've always been the... Outgoing. Outgoing one. I've always been the, the, I guess, the weird one. I've never been like the... I've never really fit into the good girl or bad girl. Like, it's like I have a little bit of mystery to myself. You don't really know what the fuck I'd be up to, to be honest. So, like, I never really fit a mold or a definition. I feel like right. people pretty much project something on me. Right. And they're like, if, you, if, I, if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So, as far as, like, my connections with other women, like, I've recently had some falling outs with women right. um and it has not been good but when i look back on those falling outs on women i see 
a lot of jealousy just because I'm more free spirited than they may have be like they submit to the mold that they've been given i'm right. more like the other person and you challenge that it. i challenge it and so that has been um the disconnect with me and other women like i'm more of the i want to be the free spirit i want to do whatever it is that i want to do i want to have fun um not only that but i i don't subject to a lot of traditional standards and a lot of traditional beliefs and it's other women that's like mm, but it comes back to the, the, the quote-unquote competition, right? And I think that's yeah. very prevalent when it comes to, you know, when we talk about black womanhood shit. I can't talk about white womanhood. I don't know about yeah, that shit. But when it comes to us, I feel like a lot of times, even when we're celebrating each other, we're still keeping an eye, you know, like, oh, you know, if she doing better. She's not She should not be. And I, I, I don't think I've ever been in that space just and i'm not saying because i'm better i think because i've never been able to be in that space because i've been so different all my yeah, damn life i see that's how i feel it's like it's like bitch you could compete with anybody if you wanted to you in your own fucking lane yeah, whether you like right. it or not i'm the unicorn i'm gonna <laughs> myself as the unicorn right and in times when i did feel that envious or that jealousy swollen up in me i had something in me that said hey look at this figure out where this is coming from mm-hmm. why it's there that self-reflection and then and, you know kind of go from there so i think when when i think about my connections with black women as a woman because i'm not as a girl right. <laughs> as a woman they have been genuine you know what i'm saying and that does not mean they didn't come with their issues they didn't come with their communication breakdowns they didn't come with you know whatever shit that goes on when it comes to women sometimes but when i think about black womanhood it has been uplifting it has felt like a special place that i can go to just be myself Mm -hmm. it's felt like i've learned more about who i am as a person and as a woman through my experiences with people like rochelle Mm -hmm. people like you looking at my shoes (laughs) people like kira and tanisha like um you know kimmy i have I used to think, you know, call myself, oh, I, I, you know, guys gravitate towards me more. And then within the last five or so years, I've realized I actually have a lot of female friends. And mm-hmm. that's not a coincidence. It's because I think that I create a space where people can come and be themselves. And in like, return. I, I feel like I create that space and then it's not reciprocated. <laughs> well, but that's, that's, that's what I was about to say. And in return. It's reciprocated, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's not always perfect, but I, I can talk to Shell. You know what I'm saying? I can just be crystal. You know, she might crack her damn joke or whatever. <laughs> Get a little chuckling. But we can talk about stuff like this. You know what I'm saying? Whereas someone else, it's like I might not be able to have that real conversation. And for my personality, it's important for me to be able to talk about this shit. Right. You know? So... It's like I have those female friends, and I thank God I do. Like my one of my close female friends, I can talk about anything with her. Name her name is Leah. Like then right. that was my like college roommate in college. But I basically living with her and seeing how free spirited she was, mm-hmm. and how like she went against the grain, and how she didn't subject to certain norms. That really inspired me to do the same. Right. And so I was inspired with her, and I feel like that's the thing that drives our connection. And then a lot of connections, I feel like, like you said, as a I feel like a lot of connections I made as a girl, and then I made some connections as a woman, but I wasn't 
confident in who right. I was as a black woman. So those have kind of, and they probably didn't know I was confident. They probably thought that I was, but right. they have kind of pretty much um, fell by the wayside because of whatever, because of whatever the disconnection right. may have been. And you know, you wish you could talk to those people, but at the same time, when it comes down to me, to me being a black woman, I just feel like whenever the time comes to talk, we'll talk. Yeah, and, and I think, we'll you know, we, we kind of had that conversation about, you know, some old friends in our friend group. And I think that is very important to kind of go back. You don't have to be friends, but kind of, you know, have that communication. Because one thing I did realize from being a transitioning, transitioning teenager to a young woman mm-hmm. was, you know, the friendships that I still have now, um, they've grown with me. And so they've changed the the relationships have matured as I have mm-hmm. and you know that's on both parties it's not just on my part but on the other person's part too to grow and to allow space for that friendship and like even the friendship me and Kira had is very different from the mm-hmm. the friendship we first started off with we all went to school together mm-hmm. me and Kira you know we were cool but we didn't become quote unquote best friends I remember because Kira was in my friend circle remember she yeah. was in my friend circle um, before yeah so I mean it's all different right so it's like me and her didn't become best friends until probably I, I would say a solid sophomore year she would say freshman year but it takes me a while with people yeah. <laughs> I feel that 100% I'm gonna give you a year I'm gonna give you a year um so and, and even from then, it's it's very different from where it is today. So you know, it it, it takes two. You know, it takes two. And you got you got to have that, like like you said, that person that's willing to have that, right? Make that connection, make that be understanding. All right. So we're, I want to, you know, hopefully I got the time. So I want to talk about Black women's health. One thing I will say is, uh, so I have a pap smear scheduled for next Wednesday. It'll be my first one ever. What? It will be my first one ever. Everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. Don't judge me because whatever. Well, you're not 30 yet, so I feel like they have some... They start at 21, girl. They were like, oh, you buy it. I mean, they start, they start early. If you Is that the mammogram yeah. that takes like, later? Early, they, uh, it's your yearly pass period. Oh, okay. They crank you up. Check yeah. all your, you know. I had a couple, so. Yeah. So, I'm having my first one. And one thing I realized is, you know, we already know that, um, you know, black women are just awakening to properly taking care of themselves. It's definitely not something that I was taught. But whenever, whether I'm talking about mental health and, and actually getting counseling for that or physical health and actually taking care of my body it is a journey that I am embarking on pretty much on my own because I've rarely seen it done proactively. Mm-hmm. And so how have your experiences been when it comes to like taking care of your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul, all that good shit? <laughs> I can go on. Well, the first bout of it was the depression. The depression was the first thing that I had to tackle. And right. so I've seen a therapist since I was 20. So right. when I was in college, I saw my first therapist on campus. That has been 29 now. I've been seeing a therapist for nine years. So, and I love my therapist now. He's a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. Like, we're here. As far as like, <laughs> right. As far as like, the advice um, he gives me, the I, and I'm very spiritual, so sometimes he'll bring up scriptures in therapy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I feel you, Elijah, Elijah was right <laughs> And, like, recently he was telling me about how Jesus would get in the boat when he got drained by people's energy, mm-hmm. and so now I feel like I get in the boat whenever I'm drained by, but, like, I said, like, having that therapy. Jesus was the introvert. Okay. <laughs> I, I tell that Jesus all the time. Jesus was the introvert. 
just listen to introverts. No, I'm going to get my vote every time, and I take my time. But, um, but yeah, like, so uh, the mental health aspect has always been there. I always felt like I could either talk to my mom and my family, or I could um, rely on that that mental health therapist or that counselor. I would always find a counselor. And I always stress to people, like, you, I have not ever paid for therapy. I've always had an employee assistant program that paid for that therapy. Um, so I've always been blessed in that aspect as far as taking on therapy. Um, so I always encourage people to see what your, what your benefits are at your job. If you have a job and you can get an employee assistant program and they can give you, like, six free counseling sessions, go to those. So taking care of my mental health, that's that's what that journey has been like. But my physical health as a woman, I will always, and, I, and I'm going to write a book on periods, girl. I'm going to write a whole book <laughs> on periods. I cannot wait until I write this book on periods because my periods have not been good for me as a black woman. Oh, that's um, so My sugar. periods have been terrible, and I am, I'm anti-birth control. So, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole other story on a I whole, thought I was the only one. No, I just feel like I tried it when I was in a sophomore in college. I felt like a zombie. I really didn't feel like it was helping anything. I've and never I was been like, on birth control. I said, tried it didn't like it don't ever put me on that thing again. you know what pause right there i'm gonna stop this segment we're gonna drink some water and i have to save this and then we're gonna finish up with the episode in a second because it's gonna cut off at 60 minutes so guys stay tuned we'll be right back all right we're back in it and we were just talking about um Honestly, Yoni Health, right now we both got in Yoni eggs, hey? Yeah. But we were really talking about, you know, just going to the doctor and taking care of that special part of us mm-hmm. that is so universal to women. But for black women, it's different when you get into the medical uh, center of it because black women are less likely to be believed. We are the first to die on the table because by the time we are diagnosed or believed for our pain or our issues, it's, it's fucking too late. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem because one thing that we know is racism isn't just police brutality it is in our medical centers it is in our education centers so we were discussing periods and how you know we've had our own difficult journeys when it came to that one thing I said was you know I asked my primary care doctor if I should think about getting on birth control because it's not something I want to do uh, you know, birth control has been shown to be linked to different kind of ailments, including breast cancer, if we're going to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've never been on birth control when it comes to like, you know, oral contraception or even patches, rings, none of that. So um, I asked her and she said, no, you know, you're fine as long as you're being safe. I wouldn't say change the chemistry of your body at this point because you've been doing it for so long that you you know know what you're doing basically with your body you know you know the rhythm basically but the 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 important part part of that was she was a black woman see and see that was your experience (laughs) versus my experience i was just telling her a few minutes ago my my experiences was that i my OBGYN was a 78 year old white man and whenever (laughs) i went into the office he was like can you even find a pussy The first thing this white man told me, he was like, your civic duty as a woman is to have kids. And I was like, at that point, I should have disconnected the entire thing. But I was like, whatever. I'm using this 
freaking TRICARE. Let me just go ahead. And okay, TRICARE. <laughs> I'm using this. Let me just go ahead and roll with it. But um, so I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the 78-year-old mm-hmm. OBGYN, you know. He's telling me all these things. Mind you, whenever I went in there and talked to the, the nurse practitioner who saw me initially before I went to see the OBGYN, she was very, very pressed to put me on birth control. Right. Mind you, I had already told her I didn't like how birth control made me felt that sophomore year in college that I took it. Um, I was on a little estrogen 24, which was like the, the lowest one possible. I, and I didn't even stay on it that long. I literally stayed on it for like a month and I was like, I don't like this. Like, right. that's how intense. What were your I symptoms? And- My symptoms on a month and, and like, I was, like I said, when I say I was on it for like a month or two, my symptoms were, I felt like a zombie. Basically, my period right. would come on, and I still felt the pain, but I felt like a zombie walking through campus. Like, it wasn't a good feeling for me, and I'm an emotional person. I'm a Pisces. I'm a water sign. So, I want to feel all my emotions. I want to feel everything that comes with it. So, birth control was never an option for me, right. and even with my period being so bad. So, with my period being so bad and not, not doing the birth control, I did do the... um the cervix widening where he widened my cervix he did like a small DM, dnc because he mm-hmm. did not think that i had endometriosis at one time and you know endometriosis um those philippian fallopian Flo- yeah the my, fibroids fibroids mm-hmm. my grandmother is 89 years old she still has fibroids like oh, there was a time that my grandma she would say oh i'm doing a little spot and it was like you're 89 why are you doing a little spot and well, right. she still has those fibroids in her stomach and she's so old so she can't get them removed right um so i know that that runs in my family i have an aunt who has had a hysterectomy i had Another oh, aunt wow. has breast cancer. So I know these things run in my family. Um, so as a me as a black woman, knowing that these run in my family, like, do I just run to birth control? Do I just run to these things that, you know, could transform my body in a, in a way that I'm not comfortable with? Or do I try to... Um, do it holistically and so what I've been trying to do to combat my period is of course I did the surgery back in December but changed my eating diet so that I can Mm. like you know balance out my hormones because I do feel like a lot of times the nausea that I feel at the beginning of my period is the the, um, oh girl I get that too like I have a whole week like I was telling you earlier like my therapist like get in the boat the week before my period is the week that I get in the boat because I'm so moody Mm -hmm. like um I'm very moody I'm very I'm hungry I'm eating everything right I'm very vocal and expressive but I love those things about me I feel like a crazy person because it's like bitch you know you go through this every month but sometimes it don't click sometimes you really just like it's not my period I'm just pissed the fuck off I'm just crying for no reason but the thing about mine which makes makes it so hard for me to kind of pinpoint it is it doesn't come on on a specific day Mm -hmm. um and you know Kira talk about it often me and her are synced up so mine will come on she'll get my symptoms hers will come on she'll I'll get her symptoms but um, my symptoms really do start about 14 days out. So See, a lot of times it. in a month, it'll just feel like a continuous fucking yeah. cycle because I only really get a week <laughs> when it's not, it's not on. It's not even seven. Like I said, it's seven days, but usually it lasts about, it starts at about 10 days. Like yeah. it's 14 months. And, it, and it, that's days. when it's like the, 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 not the heat sweats come oh, in. God. I can't even sleep. I have to sleep naked. Or, you know, it's not even the stomach pain, but the craving. Yes. I'll eat everything in fucking sight, and then the horniness comes. And then the mood swings hit me, and I'm just like, you fucking piss me off. I had this guy literally tell me, he was like, yeah, I don't even trip. I know when your cycle bite come on. And I'm just like, God damn. He was like, some stuff you be telling me, I know that 
probably within the next couple of days, you'll come back and you'll be like, you know, I, I went a little bit too hard. <laughs> you know what? I love when a man can come can into my life and it, can yeah. understand that about me because I have met certain men in my life and they're just like, just got to know it's that time. Like, I'm just either going to give you space yeah. or I'm going to give you what I know you want so right. I can calm down. So if it's like Jessica wants ice cream today. If I want to just cuss you out. It's not <laughs> I'm trying to be abusive. But it's what I'm saying. I'm like, half the time, a lot of times it's not that I'm I'm not being honest with my emotions is that all my emotions are amplified. So they're yeah. already there. It's just I lose the ability to kind of control Girl, them as I much. I was born with my emotions turned to <laughs> I remember growing up and crying all the time and figuring, trying to figure out why. Oh, why, God. Why was that the case? Y'all, I cried over everything. I think I met Jessica and she was on the bus and she was crying. And I think <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I think that was the first time I met you. And I was just like, it'll be okay. Like, why is this little girl crying? We're the same fucking age. <laughs> Why is she crying so goddamn much? <laughs> I am a crybaby. Water silent. I am water. Like I am made of water. I am water in human form. I tell people that all the time. But like I love that about me. Like and if you take that away from me, I am not me. Like the authentic Jessica is not me. If she cannot cry, if she cannot feel, if she yeah. cannot empathize with people. Um, because that's just that's just who I am, and I just I love that part of me. But on my period, it's just like ten times. You gonna get all of it, girl. Calm down, bring it down. All you gotta do is like. So one thing that I've helped, like I've been doing, try to combat that whole moodiness is just meditate and pray. Um, yeah. Take my self care like that week or those ten days or fourteen days. Like take my self care really Real serious. serious. Yeah. Like, um, tell people create those boundaries because a lot of times people love my energy. And they want to be around me, yeah. but I. Can't can't deal right it's because as an empath it's like i soak up your energy yeah. i sometimes i have to be careful with it one thing i can say about my cycles is sometimes i don't have the choice to be the real true introvert as i want to be and just be off so i've gotten really good at creating this safe space within myself mm-hmm. right so wherever i go People will tell you, oh, she'll set up shopping. She just, it'd be her own little world. You got them right because yeah. Every day I I'm know I am my own safe space. So a lot of times if I'm quiet, a lot of times if I'm off and I, I take a minute, a lot of times if I am in this little corner and I set it up nice with a chair and, you know, a snack or some shit, that's my space. And I have to do that for myself because I don't get the option to just be home or I don't get the option to take the day, day off because I haven't been cramps you know which i feel like we should fucking normalize because when we talk about women when it comes to you know physical health and and the ailments that we go through Mm -hmm. naturally with our bodies it's such a cliche still for women to say i'm hurting today girl when i tell you like my life is dedicated to women like i'm in school so that i can get my master's in clinical mental health counseling right i'm going on to get my phd in counselor education because i'm going to get like laws rewritten rewritten because i feel like women should have sick days for period that should be something that is right. automatic like i'm writing a book about periods and how to holistically treat them as soon as i figure out the method because I, <laughs> I, I ain't solidified yet my damn self. right but like we need laws that protect women because there are so many times like and that's when you talk about like my relationship with black women i had a black boss when that had ailments of her own right. that knew what it felt like to have a bad and period still and still like treated me as if oh my god missing a day's work is not the best thing to do you know and like that's why I said we need laws that create and protect women because some more times you're gonna have to miss it like we're not in a society where we're born and people teach us how to holistically treat ourselves you know we're not we're not not born into a society where they even tell you to properly deal 
smooth your cycle. Yeah. Now I'm not, you know, I've I've been born to women, right? My mother, my sisters, I'm the youngest. So when it comes to when it came to, you know, the time for my cycle, I already knew what to expect. And out of all my sisters, I had ones that symptoms that were really, really bad, right? It used to be so bad. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't sit down. The only thing I could do was yeah. ball up in the in a damn I remember that. On the floor. I remember that 800 milligram ibuprofen. Ibuprofen, girl. The ibuprofen used to have you drugged up and good. I remember I had a game when I was in high school. My mama came and picked me up. My parents were so freaking bad. She get, she took me home, gave me an 800 milligram ibuprofen. I took like a brief hour nap, popped up back up because it was home. Listen, when did that game lit us fuck off the ibuprofen? Like, <laughs> but one thing my mom said was, and one thing that was probably said to her was, "Sweetheart, you're gonna have to learn how to deal with this." Mm-hmm. And basically, that was the equivalent of suck it the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have That's to go to school you still. You're gonna have to eventually go to work with this. You're gonna have to figure out how to live life with it and though that is true i feel like we need to leave space for women to actually be in pain because that's what the fuck it is it's like yes women have been dealing with this for years but when you think about all the stresses that are in our life i feel like even something as simple as periods and cycles are starting to change Mm -hmm. because of the things we put in our body because of the environment that we're in and see that's what i was just telling you about like we're not born with the tools to holistically treat this thing because if we are born and someone tells us hey stay on this diet and that will help you have a because like it is about everything we put in our body like they, I read something the other day that says normally women are supposed to have three day cycles. If your cycle is longer than seven, I don't believe that. I seriously don't believe say, that. What? I believe it's supposed it's supposed to be mine seven is a days. cool five and yeah, a half. Like, I'm like you stretching it. Ain't nobody. That's like it's unhealthy to have a, a period past three days. I was like, if that's the case, then someone needs to be in place educating us on how to holistically treat that and get. You don't it in even line talk about that. it. You learn directly yeah. in the home, and I'm just like, you know, I I get it. We don't even learn. Kids don't even learn about sex education, let alone. Um, I did a whole you know the female body anymore but it, it's it's really something that's needed now you know shifting gears a little bit and going into mental health I just started back up my counseling sessions with a therapist because I had a snowball of, of things happen and it got to the point where I couldn't um handle things on my own anymore not saying I was in danger of doing anything you know extreme (laughs) but it it got to the point where because I'm somebody who's at the center of of a lot of things and because I'm somebody who is dependent on for a lot of things and look to for a lot of things I wasn't able to be that person anymore in a healthy way Mm -hmm. and so I had to go and find my own safe space in therapy because I wasn't getting that Mm -hmm. in my immediate life and at a point in time right now i feel like a lot of black women are having that same thing we don't have the same safe spaces that we provide for other people and it's a problem it is a a problem it's a problem i feel like we shouldn't be shamed for that though it is a problem but i feel like we shouldn't feel bad about it because i feel like a lot of times when i feel like i don't have that safe space like i try to blame it on someone like oh my god i wish i had like 
the mom that was there, and and I, and I do so. I feel like that's not the case, but right. I wish I had like the friends that were there, right. the support system that was there. And we start to blame ourselves, but sometimes we just take a little bit of accountability because okay, maybe I don't have the friends that I can confide mm-hmm. in with these certain things, but maybe I can seek the help of a professional that right. will give me the tools that I need. And we need to normalize mental health in we the black do. community, y'all. I understand that everybody does not have health insurance that is basic. But it's a lot of you who do, who just don't even think about ever getting any kind of help when it comes to your mental. And honestly, we normalize so much trauma that the things that we deal with, it's not normal for us to deal with at the level that we do it. And I say that from personal experience, being in a family who has normalized chaos and trauma, we need to... If you are somebody who's listening to this podcast and who is awakening in your mind, go back and reach in your families and encourage them to take care of themselves better the way that you're trying to take care of yourself, too. So, I'm gonna, let me try to end this off because I feel like... <laughs> we could go on for days. I know we could. You know, this is a series, so... We might always come back. You know, I want to come back here because I love your space. Oh, I appreciate it. But you guys, we just had a whole day of Juneteenth joy. And we were celebrating black womanhood. And it turned out to be so much better than I had imagined. <laughs> it really did. I'm glad for that, though. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad I could be a part of that. And I'm, I'm so glad because I'm always like reaching out to you on Instagram. Right. And I know we went to high school together. But we're just so much different than we were in high school. Right. We are so much more of ourselves now. So, like, I like that we can have these type of conversations. Right. Because back in the day, maybe not so much. But <laughs> today, it's like, come on, girl, what you want to know? <laughs> That's it. Because at this, at this point in time, it's like, you take the spaces you get, okay? You run with them. You keep them, okay? Yeah, you honor them, that's like, it. And, you, and you pour into them. Like, how do yes. you need me to help you? Like, that's, it. That, that's that's what that's what I always come to the table. Like, well, how can I how can I be of service to you? Like, what do you need help with? And that's something that my mom always taught me. My mom always taught me, like, you know, lend a helping hand where you can, and then right. and that's always going to be given back to you tenfold, and it's always given back to me tenfold. Always. And a lot of times, I feel like. Like, um, people will see me in different, in, engage in different interactions. They're like, wow, that person, like, just loves Jessica. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but you don't understand what I did for this person on the back end. Okay. <laughs> like, you don't understand what I did for this person on the back end. <laughs> right. I've earned it. Okay. Yeah, you, you don't understand that part. Like, I poured into this person to this point. <laughs> now, I don't believe in coincidences. So, I don't believe that it was a coincidence that, you know, we are in this space together. Right. That whatever, you know, happened to bring us here. So to have this moment, to have this episode, I believe that if it reaches one person and makes them feel understood, makes them feel seen, then I have accomplished exactly what I've set out to accomplish. <laughs> but you're doing I, great work. You are phenomenal. Thank you. Keep, keep up the good work, Chris. So you're doing I an amazing job as far as raising awareness and being able to tackle those challenging topics and go deep like it takes something who is just radical and who is just unapologetic in who they are and you are the the epitome of that right now so continue to stand in that power and don't let anyone take that from you oh girl they can't take it they try it this way I'm like look like you can call me a whore I'm gonna stand in that life like I'm gonna stand right in that life bro like it is what it is you call me what you wanna call me I know what I am there you go I wake up every morning I tell myself who I am so who are you telling you oh I thought you was a good girl who said that I don't know you said that you said I didn't I didn't subject to that All right. 
<laughs> but yes, I appreciate you being on and I don't know, we're gonna think of some more episodes for you to be on. You know I got a, a, a plethora of topics. Oh that lord. Like <laughs> you wanna plug any of your information for the listeners? For the listeners? I don't know what I can plug as far as like find me on LinkedIn. My name is Jessica Nettles. Um, <laughs> you have your own you blog always, still, right? I, just in the spot when I was like doing all of the independent artists but my whole thing with just in the spot is that I wanted to like pull out these like stories and get deep in, with yeah. people and they weren't willing to go deep with me a lot of times uh, which kind of sucked but again that's why I feel like I'm gonna have my own show like some mental health therapist like a, a, a young I'm gonna have like my own show like oh lord fix their life fix yeah. their career <laughs> I'm gonna be able to fix them I'm gonna be able to fix them but if you want to follow me on Instagram my name is just another day um I only post on my story. <laughs> yeah, really. That's it. So my story be lit now. <laughs> it be lit every day. She had them affirmations for your ass. <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna make sure you feel good about yourself. I'm telling you, you want some inspiration? Definitely follow her. And you can also follow uh, me, Kantswinette underscore the blogger, or you can follow the Let's Build Futures page at Let's underscore Build Futures or underscore Futures on Instagram. Um, so yeah, stay tuned and I will have a lot more episodes coming your way. Thank you for listening. Bye.